the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls. Over the last few years, I have built a business that allowed me to quit my nine to five, spend more time with the ones that I love, and live my best life. Now, I'm sharing everything I learned along the way with you. Each week, my guests and I will share actionable tips, tangible advice, and honest conversations to help you build your dream business. So get ready to take notes and put in the work because this girl means business. Hey guys, welcome back to another week here on the Girl Means Business podcast. Couple things really quick. One, if the audio sounds a little wonky today, I apologize. My microphone just died on me this week. Every time I plug it into my computer, it tells me that it's using too much power all of a sudden. So I don't know what's going on. I'm currently just recording with my handy dandy trusty iPhone headphones. So again, I apologize if the audio on this intro is just a little bit not up to par, but I think it's going to all be worthwhile because today's episode is a really, really exciting one. If you have listened to the show, you've probably heard me talk a little bit about my slight obsession with this thing called the Enneagram. And unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably had friends or family or someone you know talk about their Enneagram number. And if you're not familiar with it, I'll give you a quick little overview. The Enneagram is a personality test, but in my opinion, it goes a little deeper than a personality test because it encompasses so much more than just your personality. You know, when I was teaching full time, we would do these you know, team building exercises and these professional development days. And a lot of times they would have us do our personality types. Either it was through, um, oh, I can't even think of the names of it, but there's been ones that I've done where it was like, are you a lion or are you a tiger? Or are you a bear? I don't know what they all are, but you know, and you have the ones that are like, you're an N-S-F-J-K-P-L-O-R. I don't know. But these, those a lot of times are geared towards just certain aspects of your personality, Whereas I feel like personally, the Enneagram was the first test I've taken that truly encapsulated who I am, the good, the bad, the ugly. And it wasn't so much a, these are your strengths and the weaknesses. It was more like, this is why you are the way you are. This is why you feel the things you feel. This is why you are thinking the way you think. And I remember being on an airplane, I was flying from Nashville to Denver and I listened to a podcast with Annie Downs where she was interviewing other Enneagram type sevens, which is what I am. I'm a seven, technically think it's called the entertainer. And the first time I heard this interview, I remember being on that airplane. I can tell you everything about what was going on around me because I was so just amazed at how much this interview and this episode of the podcast I listened to described me in a way that had never been described before. It was this strange feeling of someone understands me, someone gets me, someone sees things in me that I didn't even realize were true. And for example, one of the things that I realized was that as a seven, I run away from difficult emotions like it's the plague. I can't stand it. I am terrible. If you need somebody to go to a hospital or a funeral with you, I am not the girl to call because I am awkward. I'm uncomfortable. 
it's the worst thing for me. But if you need somebody that is going to be upbeat and fun and bring the life of the party, then I'm the girl to call. And for the longest time, I didn't understand why that was. I just thought that, I I don't know what I thought, honestly. I, I just knew that I hated uncomfortable situations. I hated moments where I didn't know what to say. I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to be feeling. I I just can't stand being in situations where it's sad and upsetting. My first go-to is to make jokes or turn to a happier topic because I don't like difficult emotions. And when I first heard her talk about that as being part of a sevens personality, it just clicked. I was like, oh my gosh, that is what I've done my entire life. And I had no idea that I was doing it for these reasons. Another example is sevens have serious FOMO, which is 1000% me. A perfect example is my husband and I were at dinner one night and I'd been scrolling through Facebook in the car on the way to dinner. And I saw that someone I knew wasn't even a close friend, just kind of a Facebook acquaintance that she and her daughter had gone to a Jonas Brothers concert the night before uh, here in Dallas. And I remember looking at that photo and the caption, I was like, oh, that's so fun for them. They went to a Jonas Brothers concert. Am I a Jonas Brothers fan? Yeah. Am I obsessed? No. Would I have probably spent hundreds of dollars on tickets? No, not at all. Probably not. But was I jealous that I didn't get to go to that concert? Absolutely. Because as a seven, I, I hate missing out on things. I hate feeling like that there's something happening that I'm not part of. And the more I realize that about myself, the more I'm able to kind of regulate it a little bit and understand why I feel the way I feel and why other people don't always understand why I feel the way I feel. So anyway, long story short, today on the show, we have an Enneagram expert. I am so excited about this interview. I had the best time talking with Barbie. She is so much fun and a blast and has such insight into the Enneagram. And I think it's going to be really interesting to hear, even if you don't know your Enneagram number, I do suggest that you go and take the test and figure out what number you are because it's just, it's interesting to know. And it's also really interesting to know what other people in your life are. You know, when I has, my husband and I got first got married, we did the whole love languages assessment and we found out, you know, my love language is gifts and words of affirmation. And my husband's is acts of service and physical touch, two very different gifts. And so knowing that about each other was a huge help in us understanding how to communicate and how to show our affection for one another. And I think of the Enneagram in the same way, knowing what my number is and knowing what other people around me's number is helps me to better understand them and interact with them and not get upset about certain things or choose my battles a little bit more. And so within your business, knowing your Enneagram type is a huge part of understanding how you run your business, how you interact with potential clients, how you associate with other people. And that's a huge part of business. So I think that it definitely pertains to not only your personal life, but your business life, which we'll get into in this interview. I know I'm kind of rambling on, but I'm just so excited. So I won't have you wait any longer. Here is my interview with our Enneagram expert. 
Hi, Barbie. Welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I am super excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. So to get started, I want you to share a little bit about your story, who you are, what you do, and how you got into what it is that you do now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. All right, so I won't uh, bore you with the details. It's a long, very drawn out story of from getting here to there, but the long and short of it was um, it's always been on my heart to be a counselor, um, but getting there and uh, the education and all those things, it's a long road. And so I was trying to think of, man, what can I do that plays to my strength of listening to people and, and helping them through tough situations without having that, um, you know, the credentials behind it, but still something that's going to help me built towards that and still something that's going to, to play to those strengths. Um, and after going through kind of a, a rough breakup and just asking a lot of questions of myself and of God and, and am I on the right path and all of those things, I kind of discovered the, the Enneagram and the heat of that and was like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing tool. Um, and then when I discovered that you could be a coach and you could teach other people about their personalities and um, and how it just affects their world in general. Um, that was like, I was like, immediately, that's what I want to do. That's what's going to help me speak to people and, um, and counsel people without the, the technical <laughs> counseling, <laughs> counsel-like. So, um, so yeah, that's, that was what originally turned me on to it. I love that. It's so fun. I love those like aha moments when you kind of figure out like you're, what your passion and what you want to do kind of collide. That's so awesome. So for anyone listening who has been living under a rock and doesn't know what the Enneagram is, can you give us sort of a quick little brief overview of what exactly the Enneagram is? Sure, sure, absolutely. So yeah, it is very confusing and is very in-depth. Um, but the long and short of it is that's an in-depth personality test and communication tool. Um, basically, it takes you through the different characteristics of your personality, good and bad. And um, there are sort of three general tracks that people are on. They're either healthy and they're living their best life, you know, surviving and thriving. 
they're somewhere in between. They're on autopilot. Maybe they're not being, you know, challenged or, um, you know, not being pushed in the direction they need to go or they're unhealthy and they're living out those, those negative characteristics. So the Enneagram is kind of walking you through how you can become healthier and how you can kind of change a negative narrative in your life and, um, and make it a positive one. That's awesome. So I first heard about the Enneagram through a friend, I think someone had posted about it on social media and I was like, okay, I've done all kinds of personality tests from when I was a teacher, we had to do them as part of like staff development. And then I've done them in some of the mentoring class or groups that I've been in. And I've always loved the idea of personality tests and kind of knowing like what makes you work because I think that's so interesting. It's really intriguing to me. And I actually, at one point I wanted to be a counselor as well. Like I wanted to be a school counselor because I love helping people and talking to people. And so I think we kind of have that similar thread of these types of things are really, really intriguing. And I'm always trying to find new ways to understand myself better and understand like what makes me tick and why I do the things I do or why anyone does the things that they do. And so I'd heard about it. I think I took an online test at one point, like one of the free ones. And I was like, okay, it gave me a number. And I was like, I don't really know what this means. I don't have time to figure it out. So I just kind of let it go. And then over the past like six months, I just kept hearing people talk about it and they kept saying like, oh, well, this person's a this and this person's a that. And I was like, okay, I need to really figure out what I am. And so I took the test again and I'm 100% a seven. And oh, I, nice. listened, <laughs> yes, I listened to a podcast episode because I was like, I don't have time to read through everything about a seven. So I need somebody to just like give me the high points. So I listened to a podcast that my niece had told me about, and I was on a flight from Nashville to Denver. And so I had time and I listened to it. And it was the first time that I felt like somebody was explaining me so perfectly that I was like, how is this possible? But it's 120% who I am, the good, the bad, everything. And I, after that, I was like, okay, I'm obsessed. I want to know what everybody in my life is. I want to know like what makes them tick, how we work together. I just became like addicted to the Enneagram. So I'm super, super excited to dive in a little more with you today um, and talk about just what it is, how it works and how it can help people listening either in their personal life, their professional life and their relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I was, I was the same way. I was like, you know, I think first me and a friend, a friend was telling me about it and um, she was just kind of like, yeah, I've heard about this. We should take it. And we, we took some like crappy online test by, by some random person. And we were like, it basically kind of took you through like all the negatives of your personality. So like our first, our first taste of it was like, <laughs> man, this just makes me feel like horrible about myself. Like this sounds like the worst. So we kind of disregarded it. We're like, that's stupid, whatever. But, um, but no, like I, I have, I'm the same way. I'm such a nerd when it comes to personality tests and, and understanding how people work and how they tick. And so, um, I've, I've just taken everything at this point in time on my own or through classes. And, um, you know, I didn't really understand what made the Enneagram different from something like the MBTI or StrengthsFinder or any of those other ones. Um, until I kind of started to learn more about what they call like the shadow size, which is like the, the negative parts of your personality but the the real beauty in that, and it's not to make you feel crappy or, or guilty or whatever, the real beauty in that to me is, you know, 
I don't know about you, but I kind of always had this assumption that um, there's always some, you know, personality type that was like a unicorn. And they were just like out there killing it. They're like the CEO of a company. Like they're just very bold and brassy and they like never have any vulnerabilities or fears or, or whatever about starting a business or about like networking or about, you know, any of these things just kind of like boldly go out there and like, don't ever look back. (laughs) And and so like learning more and more about each type, like show me that that was so untrue. Like, and, but in the best possible way, cause you're like, Oh wait, man, we're all just human. Like we, we all have something that's hard for us and we might not, you know, go around like flying that freak flag, but there's still, you know, some secret things that are hard. And so it just gave me so much more empathy and compassion and, and tried to help me see everyone through a different lens instead of saying, oh man, they're so great. And I wish they were like them, but I'm not. And you know, this sucks. And you know, they kind of suck because I'm jealous of them and whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, it's been interesting because so right after I listened to that, or actually it was right before, this is the, how I kind of got into that podcast that my niece told me about. We had been on a girl's trip to Nashville and there was about six of us. Um, yeah. And we were, it was my sister-in-law, my niece, um, their best friends and a couple other people. And throughout the whole weekend, they kind of kept referring to different people by their Enneagram number. Um, <laughs> and it was funny because the person who had planned the trip was a two. And so we kept expecting her to make plans and we're like, wait, why are we asking her to make plans? She can't make a decision. She's trying to please everybody and it's not going to work, you know? And so it was just funny <laughs> to see how knowing someone's Enneagram number and knowing a little bit about who they are as a person, it helped us to kind of look at it and go, oh, okay, well, clearly we need to have somebody else in charge of deciding where we're going to go eat because this person's not going to be able to do it. Um, and yeah, it was just, I think when it comes to relationships, even like with my husband and he's so anti all this kind of stuff, but I made him take a test just to see, and I kind of, I felt like I knew what number he was, but I was like, I want to know for sure. And so I made him take it. And of course he was an eight, like I thought. And I was like, okay, now I'm starting to see a little more about like your personality and what makes you tick. And you know, how I can talk to you in a different way or how to expect things from you. It's, yeah, it's just, it's really fun. I love it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, 
where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Oh, yeah, that's so true. I'm laughing because I did the same thing um, with my family. Like my family, I, and I love them. I'm a very much like... Um, like an ideas person. I like to talk about like the big picture or like a concept. Like I just kind of like to live my life. And maybe you relate to this as well, like as a seven, like I like to just like get excited about things and like yeah. not talk about the practical side, just like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, clouds were made of marshmallows and you know, whatever, like <laughs> yes. all those things. Right. And so like, I, so I just geek out real hard about this stuff. And like, you know, I, I'm either like, all about it and like I don't care if you want to talk about it or not like we're going to talk about it <laughs> or I'm just disinterested and so when I discovered the Enneagram it was like that exactly with like my family my friends I was like chasing them down like you have to take this test so I know what you are so I so we can relate better to each other and you know <laughs> like we can see like those dynamics play out because you know that was my thing like the analytical side of me was like well I have to know what my mom and dad are because those are like my primary influences you know growing up and and they flavor things as well and so I was like I have to know what our family dynamic was in order to understand me so that I can understand how I relate to other people and blah 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 so yeah, um, yeah, and that's like the number one thing you're not supposed to do is like type people before they take the test, but I'm so guilty. <laughs> oh, I'm so yeah. guilty. <laughs> well, sometimes it's kind of easy. I mean, sometimes you just kind of know. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break to remind you about one of our amazing, amazing sponsors, HoneyBook. I could not run my business without the help of HoneyBook. They are an incredible support system for my business, not only helping me to organize my clients, my projects, all of the information I need for every session and activity I have scheduled, but they also help me keep everything organized when it comes to my finances. So not only does HoneyBook help me to send invoices, but it gives me reports. It helps me to follow up with invoices that have not been paid or are on a payment plan, allowing them to have auto pay. There's so many features inside of HoneyBook that it is ridiculous. So HoneyBook is offering the Girl Means Business listeners 50% off your first year when you sign up. You can also get a free trial. So if you head to today's show notes at girlmeansbusiness.com forward slash episode 36, not only can you get the link to try out Facebook and sign up for your 50% off discount, but I'm also going to share a link with you that shows you the behind the scenes of how I use HoneyBook for my business. I know a lot of times when you're signing up for a new program, your main question is, will this be a good fit for my business and how easy is it to use? So I'm giving you a sneak peek behind the scenes into my HoneyBook account, how I use it to track my progress with my clients, how I use it to keep up with invoices and contracts and all the things. So you can get that video and see the behind the scenes at today's show notes. Again, that's girlmeansbusiness.com 
forward slash episode 36. All right, back to our amazing interview. Um, Okay, so to back up a little bit for people listening who are still kind of new to this whole Enneagram idea, can you walk us through, so the Enneagram has nine numbers. Can you walk us through a little bit about what each number, just a real brief overview of what they are um, and some of the personality traits of those numbers? Sure. So I'll, I'll try my best to, to wrap up um, each type. So each one kind of has like a little nickname. Um, so number one, their nickname is perfectionist. Um, so we kind of think of this person as like the type A um, very organized, very detail oriented. I always um, compare it to like a Monica Geller from Friends. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like that was your type one personality right there. Yeah, so like that's kind of like the, the stereotype. Um, but you know, for those listening who think they might be a type one, and they're like, ah, oh, but like I'm not really clean. Like that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it. It's more about um, like morality, and if you're very much like a rule follower. So like um, the example that I use, and it's sort of a silly example, it's very general, but like my mom, she's a a type two wing one, but that wing one is real strong. And um, if there is a rule, like she will follow it to a T, like it doesn't matter if it makes sense or (laughs) or whatever, there's a rule, she's going to follow it. So like a good example would be my, um, my cousin, my cousin's husband, who is a two, made her he like pirated a copy of some movie she said that she really wanted to see and didn't get a chance to and my mom was horrified (laughs) (laughs) because she's like you pirated it that's illegal that's breaking the rules and I feel bad about having this in my house and you know we're like the FBI is not gonna come knocking down our door because (laughs) we have a pirated movie but um yeah so that would be type one type two is um, sort of the, whoever you would think of in your circle, who's just the sweetheart, just a soft hearted person, um, typically very sensitive to others' feelings. Um, one of the ways that, that Beth McCord, um, describes this person is they, they kind of have like these sounds odd, but they have like these feeling tentacles. And in other words, they can walk into a room or a party or whatever, and they automatically know the climate of everyone's emotional state. They can tell the person who's not joining a conversation because they feel uncomfortable. They can tell the person who is having a really rough day. Like they're very sensitive to others and that can be an amazing superpower and asset. And it can also be really rough because they become like spongy with those things. They absorb other people's emotions. So if you have a fight with your spouse or your friend, you take that on the rest of the day and it's hard to leave at home. Um, Let's see a type three. Um, there are achievers and our performers. So they like to be, um, in the spotlight. They like to lead. They like to achieve. They're very goal oriented. Um, those are our, our CEOs and our, <laughs> and our leaders. Yep. Um, my sister's a type three. Um, and you know, they're awesome. They're very, um, they're, they're very goal oriented and very motivated and they can help other people be motivated. The downside to that is um, sometimes it can get kind of wrapped up in that hamster wheel. And if they're not in a healthy spot, then they can think, well, the only thing that makes me loved or valuable or important is if I achieve this or if I get to this next goal or I start to make the salary. Their importance comes from the applause and not from, you know, just being who they are and who God created them to be. Um, Number four which is my brother-in-law is the artist or the bohemian. 
um, this person's very comfortable in their emotions. They're very comfortable um, kind of processing the deeper wells of human emotion and like plumbing those depths. They're very comfortable with all of those things. And so they're kind of viewing the world from this emotional scope and this emotional range. Um, the number five, I'm just going to relate to all people I know. <laughs> yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> number five would be my dad. Um, this person is very cerebral. They like to be um, the source that people go to for information. Um, they're very, they're all, are steady rocks. Like that's the person who, um, they're always kind of quietly working behind the scenes and making sure that everything is running smoothly. And it's easy as, as much as I hate to say it, it can be easy to take them for granted, but boy, howdy, when they step out of the picture, like everything, like crap hits the fan and you know, like your five has left the building because they're the <laughs> ones who were making it run smoothly this whole time, but they weren't asking for credit. Um, and I will say, I think when my husband took the test, I want to say he was actually maybe a five wing eight or either eight oh. wing five. I can't remember, but I know he had those two were his strongest, but I feel like he might be more of a five. So anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. See, so a six is, um, there are loyalists, they're good friends. Um, the, the, the downside to a six would be that they worry a lot. They kind of live a lot in their brain and worst case scenario. Um, but they're also the people who like, again, like there are, are, are bad rocks, like they're loyal to the end. There are really good friends. Um, sevens, <laughs> um, they're like our fun people. They're, they're nicknamed the entertainer. Um, they kind of buoy everybody up. They're very positive. Um, one of the things that, that Beth McCord talks about, uh, with sevens is that we kind of rely on them to, um, to carry the group as far as morale goes. Um, so, and it's, it's funny again, talking about group dynamics, like if you have a bunch of people over, but like your typical seven is missing, like that's very much felt, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, my mom, she tells the story about, um, they had this small group, people come over and, you know, read, read a book of the Bible or something and, and go through it together or whatever. And so they kind of have homework each week. And she said they had kind of like their fun couples were out of town or something that week. And so she said all, all the people that came, they were kind of the more studious type. So they, they came and their homework was done and they did what they were supposed to do. And it was great. And, you know, whatever. And they all showed up on time. But she's like, but it wasn't the same because we didn't have like our fun couple. Like it wasn't a party. Like everyone was very studious and they did what they were supposed to do. But like, it was not as fun as it was when like their sevens were there. So, um, so yeah. And then let's see, eights are our leaders. Um, I like to call them our M&Ms because they are kind of crunchier on the outside. They might have that hard shell on the outside, but and on the inside, they have a really deep heart for justice and a really deep heart for caring for people who can't care for themselves. So they might kind of have this real tough exterior where people look at them. They're like, Oh, that person's kind of intimidating. And like, they have a real strong energy, but like really at the heart of everything that they do, they, they want to protect people fiercely. Um, so really they're, they're, a, they're, you know, all goo on the inside. You just have to keep tapping away. But <laughs> But yeah. And yeah, that's, that's all the types. <laughs> oh, wait, did you tell you at nine? What about nine? Oh, right. I knew I forgot someone. I was like about to go to 10 and I was like, there's not a 10th one. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so nines, that's what I am. Um, they're called the peacemakers. Um, they're kind of similar to a two in that they're soft-hearted. The difference is with the two, they're kind of constantly reaching out to see what people need, while as nines are the ones who are stepping in to kind of smooth things over. So if there's a conflict or two people aren't getting along, they're the diplomat. They're the person who's seeing each person's side and saying, hey, this is where this person's coming from. This is where this person's coming from. You two kiss and make up, you know? <laughs> so very much like it just makes sense when I was reading my type. I was like, well, no wonder I want to be a counselor. Like all yeah. the, you know, all the uh, suggestions were like things like social worker, counselor, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it just, it, it just makes a lot of sense. Like, of course, like seeing other people's perspective, it's, it's a gift and a curse at the same time because also makes nines very indecisive because they're like, well, I don't want to cause this person to be upset. And also I see this person's perspective, but also I agree with this other person. So, yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think one of the things that I loved most about the Enneagram, because like you said, compared to other personality types or personality tests, a lot of times it just sort of gives you like, these are your strengths. And um, well, like strength finders, it tells you like, these are the things that you're strong in, but then it, for some reason, it always seems to make the negative sound so negative or so, you know, just, mm. I, I don't know. Like, it just seems like there's the, all the tests I've taken in the past have kind of made things seem like that this is the bad side of you. Whereas the Enneagram, mm. it wasn't so much that way. It was more like, Hey, these are the things that you are kind of known for. And then there's also these things, the side of you that maybe isn't necessarily your best traits, but it has its own purpose. Mm. Um, and so I liked the way it kind of balanced that out. Cause I know for me with sevens, one of the biggest things is they have like real hard time with like FOMO, which mm, yeah. fits me perfectly. Like I was telling my husband when we were, I was explaining this to him, I said, you know, I say, I saw someone post on Facebook, like even just a casual acquaintance, someone that I knew from years ago when I was teaching and they'd posted about going to some concert. It wasn't even a concert for anybody I cared to see, <laughs> but I still was like, man, that looks like it would have been so much fun. I wish I could have gone to that. And he's like, no, he's like, you don't even like, like that type of music. I'm like, I know, but it's just an experience I missed out on. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's really interesting to see, you know, kind of the, I, don't, I hate to say good and bad, but like the positive side of your personality and then also sort of the more negative side of your personality, but that it's not necessarily a negative, if that makes sense. Mm. I like to describe it this way. Um, and this is before I even knew anything about the Enneagram, but like, so my mom was a teacher for many years for kindergarten. God bless her. <laughs> yeah, <age>. no kidding. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like she was talking about kids in her classroom who, um, you know, she would need to talk to the parents about ways that they've been acting out or whatever. Um, and which is a rough conversation. Like that's, that's hard to sit down with mama bear and papa bear and tell them like, Hey, <laughs> I need you to know some things, um, yeah. but still be honest and not sugarcoat yeah. it. But she was talking about, we were talking about how to deliver, you know, criticism in a way um, that's both honest, but isn't like devaluing, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Cause like you never want to put someone down or make them feel like um, this is unfixable or this is, you know, this like tragic thing or whatever. And so it's like, you know what? It's like this, like every single characteristic, like you can have this amazing characteristic, like, um, 
being really compassionate, right? Like that's my, my favorite example. I have a friend who is just extremely compassionate, like always sees the best in people. Um, and that's an amazing trait. Like nothing in me would want to say like, Hey, go chuck that in the bin. Like absolutely keep that. But also keep in mind that with that on the other side of the coin, there's always a possibility that if you're not careful, people can take advantage of that and you can become overworked or you can become taken advantage of because there are people who want to take that and use that for their, you know, their own desire or whatever that may be. So it's not about saying, okay, your personality sucks. So go, you know, put it in the trash can. It's just saying, Hey, have some awareness that this is a superpower. It really is. I don't use that term to be cute. Like it's, it really is your superpower, like own it. But at the same time, have some awareness of where it could go when you're unhealthy and then work on that. It's not about saying, oh, well, well, I'm really bad at this and it's awful and whatever. It's, it's there, that knowledge is there so that you can work on it and become better. Like it's very much a practical tool that you can change. Like you have every capability to change and to work on. So to me, it's, it's really empowering, but you just have to explain it in such a way that people get like, you are both, you are a hundred percent both. Like you make mistakes like any human being will, and Mm -hmm. you know, has the potential to, but also you have this amazing potential to like live into those incredible qualities that you have just got to know what they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. When I think some people too, like they hear, you know, personality tests or they hear Enneagram and they think, well, how can something define me? Like, how can it put me in a box? Because like, again, I use the example of me being a seven, there's personality aspects to me that fit a seven to a T, but there's other things from other numbers I feel like are partly me too. And so I think some people are hesitant to like label themselves a certain personality type or an Enneagram number. And so what do you say to people who are like, well, that's all good and great, but like some online test can't tell me everything I need to know about me. Yeah. Oh, I have so much to say. (laughs) (laughs) I have so much to say to that person because I have heard that several times. And here's the thing, I'll, I'll try to be brief and not like talk your head off about it. But here's the thing, like, again, kind of delving into my more like analytic side, like I'm, I'm a super touchy feely person, but also switching over to that, like, analytical mind, like, as much as it would be ridiculous for me to claim that a man made personality test can tell me everything that I will ever need to know about you right? That Mm -hmm. would be crazy. Like, I don't know what you ate for breakfast this morning. I don't know what kind of clothes you like to wear, what your favorite ice cream flavor is, like all of those things. As much as it would be ridiculous to claim that this just covers all the ground of a human being, because that would be impossible. It's just as ridiculous and crazy to say that, um, well, no one can define me because, you know, I'm, I'm so special and so unique that even though I share, um, you know, space with a billion other people on the planet. Like there are no commonalities between me and someone else. Right. right? So I'm, I wouldn't say this is how I would describe it. Like in two parts, the Enneagram is a spider web. It's helping you connect dots. It's helping you connect one thing to the other and, and showing you kind of the next step in front of you or why you do what you do. It's not a blanket. It's not meant to cover 
every single detail and aspect of your life, that would be impossible and crazy. And if it could do that, then anyone working in Enneagram would be making like millions of dollars. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it could predict the weather or, you know, the stock market or something. Right. That'd be awesome. But, <laughs> which would be super cool, but it doesn't do that. Also, I would describe it. It's, it's a GPS system. When I turn my GPS on to go to whatever location, I don't close my eyes and let it drive the car for me. You know what I mean? Like I still have to have my senses about me. I'm still making my own decisions. I'm still deciding whether I want to take the GPS's route or not, but I am taking it into account. Right. So I would just say it's a tool like anything else. It's a tool and you can decide um, how much stock you want to give it or not. I love that. I love the GPS example because that's so true. And yeah, like there's, so there's one aspect of like sevens that I kind of looked at in that same idea and which is that I guess sevens don't, don't love feeling the hard emotions. Like mm. we, we tend to gloss over those or use humor to come around them. And that's definitely exactly what I do, but I'd never really looked at it in that way. I'd always just looked at it as, I don't know, that was just kind of me or how I was raised, I guess. And once I was able to understand that and look at it as not something that is wrong with me, but as something that I need to work on and something that now that I'm aware of, I can address and I can kind of look at it from different angles. It, it definitely has helped me become more aware of situations where I might be pushing those feelings aside and address them a little bit more. So I love that it's, again, it's not necessarily the end all be all, but it's just a guided system. Like you said, with the GPS example, I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah, for sure. And like, one of the things too, and like, I I totally get what you mean, because like, I, I love talking and diving deep into like other people's feelings. But like, if someone wants to talk to me, like in the heat of the moment about like conflict, again, being a nine, don't like to deal with conflict, (laughs) or anger, which is, you know, like a emotion that I like, so, so deeply suppress. Um, like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, that's, ew, gross. Like, let's do anything but that, right? Yep. So, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I, I mean, I totally get what you mean. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's so helpful to know where to start with that. Um, mm-hmm. So there's this quote, and I don't know who said it, but I think about it all the time. And it's, uh, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> it's so true, right? Like, it is. Yeah. So like when you read, so when I first read about my personality, one of the characteristics of the nine is that because they see all these different people's perspective, it makes them indecisive and B, they're really hard to type on the Enneagram because they're like, well, I see, I see the perspective of the two. So maybe I'm a two, but also maybe I'm this and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so like, and I totally did that. But once I read like the core, um, fears of the nine, as well as like the negative characteristics, that's when I knew because I immediately was mad. I was like, mm-hmm. that's like, I'm mad that that's true. Like, I can't deny that it's true, <laughs> but I'm mad that it's true. And that's how I knew that that was accurate. Cause it wasn't just telling me a bunch of BS that I wanted to hear. Right. Yeah. Like it was like, yes, for the positives, but also yes, for the negatives. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that we've kind of covered what the nine numbers are and what their personality traits kind of skimmed on those. Let's talk a little bit about how knowing your Enneagram number, knowing the Enneagram number of other people can help you better your relationships. And of course, obviously tying it into like business, how it can help you 
and I know this, a lot of times people can, you know, say business, they talk about like employees. Like if you have employees, clearly it'd be nice to know their personality type. But I know a lot of people listening are solopreneurs. So they're doing this on their own. But even just within working with clients, working with other entrepreneurs, working with other people in their industry, how can knowing your Enneagram type and knowing even a little bit about theirs help you in those areas? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I certainly have kind of gotten this question. I feel like people are kind of generally in two camps. They're either kind of in our camp where they're like, oh my gosh, personality test. Like I love knowing about myself. I love knowing about other people. Um, you know, and they're more than willing to kind of dive deep into, you know, well, what does that look like? What am I? What is this person? Or they're in the other box and they're like, well, that's all good and grand that you're a six or 12 or whatever, you know, INFJ or INFP or whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like what on earth does that have to do with the brass tacks, practical, you know, day-to-day, every, everyday things of relationships or business or whatever. And, um, what I would say to that is, well, do you talk to people on a daily basis? You know, do you, do you interact with your customers? Do you interact with clients? Do you interact with the barista at Starbucks? Do you interact with your family? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Then you need this tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because um, it might seem, you know, trivial or some people might even like characterize it as like narcissistic or why would you need to know that much about yourself or whatever. But um, I, I think it definitely starts with you. Um, but eventually too, it, it carries you onto other people. It carries you onto um, the dynamic that you have. I have this book in front of me and although it's not an Enneagram book, there are uh, similarities in that they talk about um, they talk about people's motivations and uh, how to motivate people. So if you are in a business um, where you have employees or you're, you know, maybe a solo entrepreneur who's trying to team up with another business or, or trying to get clients or whatever, um, and it goes through a lot of... Um, people's motivation is very similar to the Enneagram. And I've really found it helpful. It's called dealing with people you can't stand. Oh my gosh. I love that title. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really <laughs> awesome. And it's by um, Dr. Rick Brinkman and Dr. Rick Kirshner. I hope I'm saying that right. But um, yeah, what I really loved about it, and it's, it's just, it's very, um, I'm someone who's, whose imagination needs to be captured quickly. Like if you give me a lot of detail, like I'm already, I've tuned you out. I'm bored. So (laughs) this book is like super get down to brass tacks. This is what it is. Big picture, you know? So it is, it is more general. So for those of you who like are, are wanting like a detailed in deep dive explanation, maybe this isn't the book for you, but I found it really helpful in that it talks about just kind of, Hey, if you're working with this person and you're thinking, gosh, like, what can I do to get through to them? I just don't seem to be communicating with them very well. Or I really, really want to motivate um, my client or I really, really want to motivate uh, the person I'm working with to do this kind of work. If you are a task-oriented person and you're coming at things from the lens of, well, people will be motivated by accomplishing because we see things typically how we are, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the worldview we're coming from. Those are the tinted glasses we're wearing. Um, And we think, we assume that everybody else is like us and they're going to be motivated by accomplishing things. So you come to your client or you come to whoever and you say, this thing is so great and you should get it or or we should work on this thing together because um, we could achieve so much. And that person actually is motivated by relationship. 
then there's a disconnect. You've lost them. Yeah. If you come to them and you say, I would so love to partner with you because I just think you're really great. I think your story and the heart behind your business is really awesome. And I want to get to know more about you. Well, guess what? You've won that person over, right? Oh yeah. Like a, a classic example. So my brother, who's, who's also a seven um, and a just really super motivated person, like has a bunch of different interests and everything that he pursues, he goes at hard, right? Like mm-hmm. he practiced the guitar until he knew it inside and out. Like he wanted to become a Marine. And so he, you know, trained until he was one. He wanted to become a fireman. So he trained until he was one, like, you know, everything he does, he does hard. So, um, to an extent, like he is very much, you know, task oriented, right. And he wants to get things done. I'm very relational. Mm -hmm. So one morning he asked me to go running with him. Um, I am not a runner. I will never be a runner. (laughs) As much as I would love to, to lie to people and say that I'm the kind of person who gets up at 6am and like loves to go for a run. That's such a lie. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so he was like, come running with me. He's literally like jogging circles around me because I'm going so slow. And, um, he's just like, you know, I'm just complaining because I'm like sweating and tired and uncomfortable. And he's just bragging about how much faster he's going, whatever. And he's like, well, why did you, why did you come with me if you don't like to run? Like, I thought we were going to like go, you know, achieve this run, right? This, right. This task. Right. And I'm like, well, cause I wanted to spend time with you, you know, just because people are doing the same thing doesn't mean they're doing it for the same reason. Yeah. So when you figure out someone's motivation and what makes them tick in that respect, like, you have their ear and their heart and their attention and in a, in a completely different way than if you went at it from solely your perspective or what you think they want to hear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. So it, as you were talking, it kind of reminded me before I'd ever heard about the Enneagram, one of the best tools I'd found, and I relate this back to with my husband was the love languages. Mm, and yeah. it was the idea that like my love language is completely different than his. You know, mine's yeah. is like words, affirmation and gifts and his is acts of service. And once I figured that out and I realized that like, he doesn't need me to buy him these expensive gifts or any gifts at all. Like he wants me to help with the dishes and he wants me to, you know, fix him a meal or he wants me to like be with him. And cause one of it's either acts of service or, um, like time, what is when it's like time, quality time, quality time. And so even little things like putting our phones down and just watching a show together with zero distractions, that meant more to him. Whereas mm. it didn't always mean something to me, but knowing that about him allowed me to shift how I was trying to show him I loved him. And so the same thing, that's kind of how I look at the Enneagram and what you were saying was that makes so much sense because yeah, if you're talking to a client and you're talking about, like you said, the results oriented aspect when really they just want to know, you know, how is this going to help them better their relationships or how is this going to help them, you know, build a relationship with you or feel more connected to you, then you need to know how to speak in that language. I think that's really, really a huge key piece. And if you, for anyone that's listened to the podcast, and I think you mentioned this, you listened to this one, the episode two, all about your ideal client even adding in, you know, what Enneagram type are they can help you know how to speak to your ideal client even better. Because if your ideal client is someone who is a nine and, you know, is the peacemaker and who doesn't want to ruffle feathers and who likes to 
you know, kind of be there for everybody else, then you need to be speaking to them in a way that's going to resonate with them. Mm, Yeah. And absolutely. When I was listening to that podcast in particular, I kept thinking about, um, and and there are several examples that come to mind, but like one of the main ones, it's so funny because I don't even like his movies, but Seth Rogen, I remember Uh this interview with Seth Rogen and he was talking about, um, his, you know, he's directed a lot of movies and he was talking about, um, his client base basically, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And he's like, I don't have one. He's like, I literally, I don't make movies with someone else in mind. He goes, I make movies that I would enjoy watching and that my friends would enjoy watching. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I feel like has kind of taken, you know, traditional business mindset by storm over and over again is that people like to feel like things are tailor-made for them. I think that's why all of these sort of niche online businesses are so hot right now is because we're finally tapping into that, that no one likes to feel like they are on a chain email Mm -hmm. of a bunch of different businesses that are all saying the same thing to thousands of different people. And I mean, I've heard Taylor Swift say this in an interview. I've heard, um, I think it's the Duffman brothers who, who made, um, stranger things. Like they were like, when they pitch stranger things, people are like, no one is going to like this because it's so niche. Like it's based in the eighties and this generation isn't from the eighties, but it's about kids, but it's not a kid's show. It's horror, but it's also funny. Like they're like, it's too weird and out there and people won't like it. And all of those niche things is what people loved about it. Oh Yeah because it wasn't for everyone because Mm -hmm. they weren't trying to catch everyone. They are trying to catch their specific client because like, like you had explained, you know, think of a specific person that you're reaching Mm -hmm. and then you're sure to catch that person and, you know, not a thousand nameless, faceless people who maybe aren't that great of a, a match for your brand or for whatever it is that you're selling. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I love that show. I, we, my husband, and I watch it and it's so, yeah. it's true. Like when the first time I heard of it, I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this show. Same thing with like, I don't know if you ever watched Game of Thrones, but that's a very kind of niche show too. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this show. And, but once I started, I was like, okay, I'm clearly the person that they were at, like the stranger things. I mean, I was raised in the eighties. I was a kid in the eighties. Like I resonate with those things. And while I didn't necessarily love the horror part of it because I hate scary movies and things like oh, that. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I loved the show because it did have that balance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that there's stories like that all the time where someone pitches an idea and it gets shot down because somebody, people think, oh, there's no way nobody's going to love that. And it becomes this huge thing. I think that's because it's so specific. You know, you can't, mm-hmm. nowadays you can't have something that's this huge, broad, you know, idea because then nobody's really going to know who it's for. And if they don't know it's for them, then they're not going to be interested. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really smart. And I love, you know, tying it back into the whole Enneagram idea. I think that's a really great way to help kind of narrow down your niche is to know like, who exactly am I targeting? I mean, am I targeting those three type threes that are like the high achieving CEOs or do I want more of, you know, the, the eights who I have to kind of dig a little deeper to really get in past that hard outer shell and make that effort a little bit more, you know, knowing that I think can make how you 
position your business and how you approach your clients that much easier to understand as opposed to being like, well, I want to appeal to the twos and the sixes and the fives, you know, because it gets to be way, way too hard. You can't, there's no possible way to do all of that. It becomes too overwhelming. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's like, uh, I mean, it's like this, it's like, um, that's kind of a weird example, but it's kind of like dating. Like, unless you, you know, want like nine husbands or whatever, like <laughs> you, you're not trying to make everybody happy. Like not everyone is going to like what you like. Not everyone is going to laugh at the same jokes or like enjoy doing the same things. And that's fine. It's not about trying to please everyone or trying to match up with everyone. It's about finding that one person who is, is a good fit and is a good match and recognizing that not everyone will be. And that's, that's fine. You're, that's not how it's supposed to be, you right. know? Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, that's so, so good. Okay. So is there anything else you want to share or talk about with the Enneagram before we kind of wrap things up? Oof, yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll try to be, again, I'll try to be brief. No, you, <laughs> Hey, whatever you want to share, you go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the main thing that has kind of differentiated Enneagram for me, and there has been a lot of aspects that I've really appreciated, but like I've said before, I looked into a lot of personality tests, you know, love and hate, different things about each of them. Um, and Myers-Briggs will always have like a special place in my heart. But what I love about Enneagram the most is that it's just, it's so incredibly practical. Um, there's nothing about it that, like I said, is, is like trying to sugarcoat people's personalities. And then on top of that, I think when, again, when you see those like positive and, and negative characteristics, for me, it's, it's helped so much to see how much we just desperately need each other and how much we desperately need to communicate and, and be communicated with. Um, there's just like no escaping that, like no man is an island. Um, we all need to feel loved and valuable and cherished. And I think the more that we understand each other, um, the easier that is to do. Um, so I really love that Enneagram has kind of given me the opportunity to kind of skip past small talk and where did you go to school? And what do you do for a living and, and all those things and just get to like brass stacks of like, what are you afraid of? What do you, mm -hmm. what do you love? You know, I'm way more interested in that than I am in what you majored in and, or, you know, the kind of person you were in high school. Like yeah. <laughs> I Absolutely. would rather, yeah, know that about you and, and, um, feel connected to someone through those means than through something superficial. So, um, so yeah, it's just really given me a really big appreciation for how much we need each other, how much we all need connection and, and to feel loved. Um, and then just to like, see like, man, each of these personality types is an aspect of the characteristic of, you know, the creator who created us. And so, you know, if we dismiss someone and we say, well, that person's just a weirdo, they don't see things from my perspective. So therefore, you know, they don't get it or they're dumb or whatever, you know, we dismiss, we dismiss that characteristic of, you know, the creator. And that's, that's a shame. Like, so it's kind of given me a newfound curiosity for life and for people. And so instead of coming at it from a man, that, that waiter or waitress is really snappy at me and just can go, okay, what are they going through today? Mm -hmm. What might their personality be? Maybe someone said something to them that bounced off them the wrong way. And um, it's just, it's given me so much more empathy and curiosity for the world around me. So I think it's just, it's made things really, really magical as cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. I love that. And I think, 
you know, I mean, gosh, I, there are days where I'm like, man, I wish I had studied like psychology in school or something because I, I love like diving into just sort of what makes people tick and how people react to things and all that kind of stuff. And so anytime that someone shares a glimpse of like who they are on that deeper level, like you said, like, mm. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care how many pets you have. That's all good. And great. <laughs> I want to know about you as a person. Mm. And so, you know, I've started trying to share a little more of that, like even on social media and with Instagram and stuff. And, you know, I talk about being a seven and the, the downfalls of that. And I, you know, I talked a while back about how it, was a struggle for me when I was missing out on like this really big um, trip that some friends went on and how I struggled with that. And I talk about just the fact that like as a seven and being like the entertainer, there are times that I don't want to be the one that's supposed to bring Mm -hmm. the fun to the party. And those are the things that like I'm putting out there. I would, I want to see people talk about that. I just had this conversation today, a friend of mine who has started up a little boutique and she's kind of fighting the whole idea of being on social media. I'm like, you need to let people see who you are because Mm. gone are the days where people go to Instagram and Facebook to see the pretty stuff. They go there to make actual authentic connections with people. Mm. And I get excited when someone posts something that says something about their lives that is not superficial. If they're talking about a struggle they had, if they're talking about a part of their lives that has been difficult or exciting or, you know, what, what is it that makes you get up every day and do what you do? Like, those are the things that I want to see more of. And so if this Enneagram helps people share that in a way that feels less intimidating, like to know that, Hey, I'm a six or a seven or a nine or two, and I can put that out there. And there's going to be other people who get that because they're also Hmm. those things. I think that's such a great thing for people to have, to know that, okay, I'm not alone in the fact that I feel this way. I feel this way. And there's a whole other group of people out there who feel this way because there's only, you know, nine numbers in Enneagram. We all are going to fit into one of those nine numbers, which means <laughs> there's going to be a lot of other people who are similar to you. And so I would say if anything, encouraging people like, Hey, share more of that, get on there, take the test. I'll link to some, if you'll send me some links for tests people can take online, I'll put them in the show notes and go take the test and share with us, like, what is your number? And tell us a little bit about why you think that makes you who you are, because we'll find people that can relate to that as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I was so excited to talk to you. I'm so glad that I came across your information and um, actually thank you to Summer for sharing your information because that's how I found you. So yeah. thank you to Summer. <laughs> Thanks, Summer. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. I love it. And so, um, yeah. Well, first of all, before we go, tell everybody where they can find you if they want to follow you or learn more about what you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I offer coaching services for um, the Enneagram. All the tests that you're going to take that are free are a condensed version of the tests that I would give you um, through my coaching. So, um, yeah. So the the most in-depth and some would say most accurate, it's going to be from the Enneagram Institute. Everything else is going to be a condensed version. But you can find me on Instagram. Um, go to Big Pick Enneagram, um, and you'll see me. Or you, I'll, I'll put my um, personal account on public again so that you can find the link to that as well. But um, Or Bobby Barbie. 
on Instagram. I have a website. It is coming in the new year. <laughs> Not quite set up yet, but it will be um, by new year and you can find pricing and more info there as well. Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, and I'll have all that information in the show notes so people can go and just click on it and check it out. And um, yeah, well, thank you so much for joining thank us you. today and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks. Oh, that was so much fun. A huge, huge thank you to Barbie for taking the time out of her day to chat with us. I truly loved learning so much about the Enneagram and all the different numbers and the qualities and how we can use it to help us personally and professionally. So I want to ask you a big favor. Will you head over to the Girl Means Business Facebook group and then just request to join if you haven't already and then share with us your Enneagram number. I want to know what number you are and how it affects you in your business or if this is all new to you, just what you've learned from it. I think it's so interesting to hear the different personality types, the different numbers and how we think differently and view the world differently. It's such an interesting conversation starter for me. So please head over to the Facebook group, share with us your number and anything insights you've learned from this episode or from any other Enneagram episodes you've heard on other podcasts. I'm always open to learning about new things and hearing more about the Enneagram. All right, ladies, that does it for this week. I hope you have a wonderful, fabulous week, and I will talk to you again next week. Same time, same place. Bye guys. If you love today's episode, don't forget to click the subscribe button so you never miss when a new episode goes live. Then head over to iTunes and leave a quick review to let other people know just how much you loved it. Thanks, ladies. See you next week.